things on TV that are completely inappropriate for younger viewers. Things like the following half hour. Uh, nothing seems to bother my kids, but tonight's show, which I totally wash my hands of, is really scary. So if you have sensitive children, maybe you should tuck them into bed early tonight instead of writing us angry letters tomorrow. Thanks for your attention. Episode 76 of the Booth Review. I'm Seth Hellman. This is a new intro for us. I don't get to do the intro very often. It's always Will It. Special episode coming today. A lot of stuff's going to happen. If, you, uh, if you've been bored by our recent episodes, I don't think you're going to be bored by this one. Lots of juicy information coming out here. You know, let's just say... Our thoughts on Pictionary haven't changed since last episode. Brendan, how's your, uh, I guess, I mean, when was the last episode we did on Monday, Sunday? What, what, what was it? Monday, I think. Yeah. So how, how have your past couple of days gone? Your past two days or three days, whatever it's been. Good, man. I've been good. Uh, killed the intro. So, uh, good, good job on that. Good on you. Um, I've been good though. I've, uh, I've just been, you know, living life. Betting on sports, hanging with the boys, playing golf, uh, watching the college baseball World Series, and uh, hence, hence the outfit tonight, Seth. I mean, you know, I don't think yeah. it needs much explanation. <laughs> or orange is better burnt. And uh, I did bring a fucking Heisman Trophy to that school. I feel like I'm kind of an honorary alumni, even though I am still technically, I just graduated from high school, but I feel like I'm an honorary alumni from the University of Texas. Just because they of gave you everything. one of those fake uh, doctorates that they do, the right. special ones. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Dr. Boomer Oakley. Yeah, mm -hmm. I have a PhD from Texas for winning fucking football games. Um, yeah. But yeah, for after everything I did for that school, granted, we did go out on a tough note throwing that interception against West Virginia that ended the season. Uh, would have put us in the national championship again. We fell short. We won the Big 12, though. So, yeah. And Dominique, I was thinking about this earlier in the shower when I was collecting my thoughts for what I was going to say on this episode. What is Dominique's last name? Does anyone remember? It started Wasn't with it Williams. Was it Williams? Because I think I was mixing it with Wilkins. Yeah, you kept the, on you, you yeah. would keep on saying Wilkins like during the streams. It's Williams, right? I'm pretty sure it was Williams. All right, yeah. So you know, I brought a Heisman Trophy winner in Dominique Williams to to UT. Which um, unreal comeback by him, because he got injured and Cam Brown came in. Yes, and I benched Dominique a few times for throwing too many interceptions. Yes. <laughs> yes. So, and Cam Brown, that's right, we named the backup Cam Brown, that's right. <laughs> well, oh, that his was, name was Brown, and we were like, oh, please tell us. It was like guy's Ryan Brown or something, and I was, like, and I was like, we have to change it. So I edited his player info and put Cam Brown instead. Uh, that's right. That what an up and down season that was. Uh, we that lost our first game to Notre Dame, but then we made like a nice comeback. But eh, whatever. Yeah, dude, that Notre Dame team was dirty. They were good that year. Yeah. Um, I've been thinking about bringing it back. I mean, I said this on a few episodes ago that I really wanted to bring it back. Um, I don't know. It's funny. Cam Brown just texted me. Um, 
I don't necessarily know like when or how that will happen or what it will look like because of just like the way that it kind of it didn't like fizzle out, but it was like college football season ended, so there wasn't really there wasn't really a motive for for me to continue doing it and you know out of season. So I don't know how it would look, but I that was, there were just some fun times. So I would definitely be interested in bringing it back. But anyway, I had to rep my school. Um, I did coach there for one season. They fucking downed Tennessee earlier this week in the College Baseball World Series, a game that I had money on, by the way, and they won me some money. Um, so I decided to pull out the uh, the full the whole fit, kind of throw back to my streaming days. And uh, I have my hat, my special hat that I got off of eBay that I used to wear on the streams. I have my my Dominique jersey, and um, yeah, that's pretty much all I can say. There's only one UT. It's fucking hook them, baby. They were right. Um, yeah, I mean, come on. Orange is better burnt. There's only one. There's only one right orange, and it's the burnt Pantone. Um, so yeah, uh, Hammer Texas. Are they still in it? <laughs> I'm. I'm looking it up right now. It's not the most um, comprehensive. I don't watch uh, the College Football World Series. I watched this game. Um, <laughs> oh, I think I think Mississippi State won it all. No, it's not over. Stanford's playing Vanderbilt right now. Oh, I have no idea then. Hold on, I, there's no like I think easy bracket. Texas oh no, Texas State. is still in it. They're playing UVA on Thursday, which is tomorrow, 7 p.m. Sick. Hammer Texas. Yes, you guys, all know what to do. Hammer Texas. Hook them. This team well, seeing- is wag on. Seeing as there's a little number two next to Texas and there's nothing next to UVA, I would say they've got a pretty good shot. Oh, and and considering that Tennessee had a a little number three next to them and Texas handed it to them, I uh, would think that they could handle UVA. Nice. Um, But yeah, it was a I was I was sitting there chopping it up with Michael Lynch going back and forth. It was a good fucking day when Texas won that baseball game. I had my shit on. I uh, had my hat. I was, you know, hooking them all day, all night, and they won 8-4. to four. They fucking dummied them. So, uh, yeah, hook them, baby. We're riding. Uh, that's straight from Coach Boomer, too. Uh, but, yeah, that's how I've been doing pretty good. How about you? Uh, been solid. Kind of threw out my back a little bit today at work, so that's been uh, killing me. But, yeah, I I unbagged. 360 sterile water bags all by myself. Wow. Sterile water bags weigh like three to four pounds each, and they come in boxes of six, so you can do the math on that. That's, you know, like 25 pounds, whatever the, you know. I appreciate that you assume that I could do the math on that. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, and it was 60 boxes that I had to, you know, pick up and then go through that whole process. So that took me... That I want it took me like four hours to do. So yeah, that was a long, long bit of work yeah, there. Yeah. But I am uh, going to Buffalo on Friday. Oh, to, uh, <laughs> yeah, my dad randomly last weekend decided that he wanted to go see Toronto play in Buffalo because they've been oh, playing in their be AAA. Fun. So we're driving up and probably staying in the Syracuse area. So yeah, some content out of that set. Give absolutely posts up on the story while while you're there. That'll be fun. <laughs> absolutely will. It's going to be interesting. You know, I, you know, it'll be interesting to see how many people actually show up to that. Cause, you know, I don't know how many 
Toronto fans are in the Buffalo area, you know. I mean, I'm sure yeah. there are a lot, just given the fact that I don't think there's anywhere closer for them to go as far as, like, professional baseball teams Probably go. not, yeah. Um, and the minor league team was already there, right? There was a yeah, minor league. So yeah, so they're probably – there's probably a good amount, but I don't know. Like, I've been there's watching the Blue Jays games. I would say in Buffalo, but there's a difference between baseball fans and Blue Jays fans, and they're That's also the playing Baltimore. So – it's not exactly yeah. going to be high quality baseball. No, still be you'll get to see Vladdy. It's my yes, guess. true. <laughs> Vlad Guerrero Jr., the home run king of the AL whatever East. Is that what he's in? Yes. So technically, you can give him home run king of the American League because he did end up playing against uh, Pete Alonso in the last home run derby and losing. Oh, good on good on him. Uh, I would bet good money that Tatis is going to win the home run derby or Otani actually. Is is Tatis participating in the home run derby? He should. He hits bombs like every other day. I don't know if he's in it. I not. mean, yeah, he definitely hits home runs. I don't know if he's participating. The only people that I know for a fact are participating are Alonzo and Otani. Yeah, Otani's like I was talking about this with my dad, like. He's got to be like a one in like a how many ever generational talent in terms of like how good he is at yeah. pitching, how good he is at hitting. Like it doesn't come around very often that you have someone that is so like multidimensional. And it's fun to watch him. Speaking of the Angels, sick fucking transition. Speaking of the Angels, I have this parlay going right now, right? So it's I did this the other night too. Seth was telling me to bet on the um lottery nba but my book didn't have draft betting so i was like Which Screw is it, so unfortunate. <laughs> yeah <laughs> i like how that's that's where your brain went you went from a pretty high percentage <laughs> underdog bet to 10 team hail mary i was like screw it let's do it so i did it and i think a lot of it hit except for like one but the one was like the first game so i was out early on the night so I double back tonight, put 30 on this, hold on, one, two, three, four, five, 16 parlay. It's not that much. 16 parlay, I put 30 on it. The return is 800. So the first game was the San Francisco Giants and Los Angeles Angels game. That game started at 340 Eastern time. I was oh, West golfing. Coast game start. Uh, yeah, I guess that was like, probably like a 12 o'clock game. They probably had to travel. Yeah, that's early, but yeah. So... I golfed today at 6 o'clock. I leave my house at 5.45. I have the over. The over is set at eight runs. I che- I'm watching the game oh, in like the fifth God, or the sixth inning. <laughs> oh, my God. So the over's eight. I leave to go golfing in like the fifth or the sixth inning. It's low fucking scoring. But I'm like, all right, there's still time. I show up at the golf course. I get out. I check my phone. It's like the bottom of the eighth, and it's 2-1. So I'm like, oh. They're combining for three runs in the bottom of the eighth. This thing's over. So I assume that I lose the parlay, put my phone away, play a round of golf, play a quick nine, shot five over. Not my best round, not my worst round. Um, and I get back in the car, drive to go pick up my food, drive home, sit on the couch, and I throw the TV on. And I, I'm whole time, I'm like, you know, not even thinking about my parlay. I throw the TV on. Same channel was on. They're in the 13th inning at six to two. So now it's 6-2, and I'm freaking out. I thought I was dead, and I'm very much alive. 
So it's 6-2, two guys on base, and this guy's up to bat in, like, a full count. I'm sitting there, like, just drive one in, like, you know, make my fucking night. He jacks a three-run bomb in the 13th inning, and I and that part of the parlay hit. So That's now I'm unreal. so dialed in on this part. Like, I feel like it needs to hit. And then, like, like, the Brewers were yeah. supposed to beat the Diamondbacks. They were, like, heavy favorites, and that game was, like, 3-2. to two. I had the Brewers winning. So I think two of my things have hit right now. Uh, well, three. I had the Astros money line, and they're up thirteen nothing. So I'm assuming they're gonna uh, they're gonna yeah, win. Shit, safe. the Braves and the fuck the Braves and the Mets are eight runs right now. Seth, fuck. <laughs> That's the one downfall that I will tell the people on the podcast right now. I have the for the first time in my life I have bet the under in in a sporting event, and it just so happens to be the Braves and the Mets game, and it's five to three. The under is set at nine. Uh, for those mathematicians at home, that's eight combined runs, and they're only in the sixth inning. Yeah, so the guy on the mound, um, he's played in the majors before. Like, he played last year a bunch, but hasn't played at all this year. His current ERA is 27 because oh, he's gotten one out and given up one run. <laughs> okay, so that... Uh... <laughs> so that, uh, that speaks well for my under <laughs> please yeah. we're done we're dead it's, it's just weird that they're putting him in right now just because the bullpen has been playing really well I don't know. if he can get out of this inning you're solid because it's a safe but i can't have any i can have i can afford one more run right but what i'm saying is oh wait I as can't. long as the mets don't score Right. You're in a good spot as long as he gets out of this inning without giving up any more runs. Wait, so if there's one more run in this game, does the parlay push and then I just get my money back? You, if, if, everything pushes, else if everything else hits and this pushes, then yeah, you would just get your money back. Oh, so I don't even win, so I can't afford another run. Okay. Then, right. But you would prefer so another five, three run game. for two more. Yeah, it, it, yes. If if yes. I'm in the mindset of wanting to get my money back, right. I can afford one more run and not any more, and then everything else needs to hit. What? Who are the Astros? Too like last night, I had the I had the over in the Astros Orioles game, and they combined for like two runs, and now the Astros are up thirteen nothing. I mean, yeah, it's wild how inconsistent your offense is when you don't have trash cans. I did my research, too. I looked up MLB ATS records, MLB over-under records, over-under at home. I mean, they're playing the Orioles, too. Like, I know, they played the Orioles last night and, like, could barely win the game. They won by, like, a run. It was, like, what, 3-2 to two or something? Um, it might have. They actually might have come closer to the over. It might have been like. Six. No, it was three to one. It was three to oh, one. Oh, three to one. Better. Yeah, combined for four runs, and the over was like nine and a half. I don't know, man. These MLB just loaded no outs at the bottom of the eighth for the Orioles right now. <laughs> well, I have the Astros money line, and I think they're going to win that game, so it doesn't matter. Uh, my yeah. eyes are right now on the Braves and Mets game. But anyway, that's how my parlay is going this afternoon. That's how my betting. My alleged, sorry, I should have thrown that out there long ago. My alleged betting afternoon went. Um, but yeah, how about you? Any 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 big wins or bad beats lately? Well, I did well in the lottery. The lottery was nice because I, you know, the I question sometimes the people that make betting odds, yeah. just because. So for people who aren't versed in the NBA lottery, 
It used to be if you finish with the worst record in the NBA, you had a 25% chance of getting the first overall pick. But basically, people were complaining about tanking, and it was like pretty much every single year, whatever team had that 25% was getting the number one overall pick, which made sense, right? Because, you know, if you have a 25% chance and the next closest person to you has like a 10% chance, pretty rare that that 10% or any of the other ones are actually going to beat that 25%, right? Right. So now the way the odds work is each of the top, each of the three worst teams have a 14% chance to get it. But if you looked at the betting odds, each one of those teams was plus 550. So if you bet all three of them and you bet the same on all three of them, you end up netting almost as if it was a um, plus... Well, well, so it it comes out to like a plus 150 bet, I think, technically, because it'd be like if you put in... You end up putting in three units and then getting out one and a half. Yeah, so I think, yeah, yeah, I think it was like a plus 150. Yeah. And so I did that, and one of those three teams ended up getting the top pick. So, yeah, that was good. And then forget nice. the, the one bad beat I did have was I bet on Kucherov to score a goal, just score a goal at any point in the game that just happened with the Lightning and the Islanders, where the Lightning scored eight, eight goals. nothing game? Oh, that's tough. And he didn't <laughs> score a single goal. But he had three assists. This man is one of that's the best tough. goal scorers in the NHL, and he had three assists and no goals in a game where his team scored eight goals. Eight goals. Luke fucking Shen scored a goal. <laughs> I was like, what is happening? That game was, was tough to watch. Yeah. Tough. I mean, when they were up like four nothing in like the first few minutes, they pulled Varlam off. I was like, "Oh my god, this is bad. This is really bad." You never want to see a playoff game go like that. Like once I had given up that many runs, I would not have pulled my goalie. Goals, yeah. I sure, yeah, goals. Sorry, <laughs> was in that baseball mind. I mean, so yeah, Sorokin's no better, and he wasn't any better. He kind of got shelled too because they both gave up four. Um, at that point, the game was over though. Like. You could just see it. The Islanders didn't care. Trots didn't care. They were just, it, it was a bloodbath. They just started fighting each other left and right. Um, dirty hits being thrown, fights, uh, just like scrums breaking out, just lack of effort from the Islanders, and then uh, the complete opposite on the side of the Tampa Bay Lightning. So, I, I like you said, I think that won them the series. Uh, game's ongoing, game six is ongoing right now as we speak. Uh, so, we'll keep you all updated. And we'll talk yeah, a little about So. Game six he got hurt, two. right? Yeah, and he hasn't come back. He's played 46 seconds. So, oh. <laughs> I haven't seen the hit, but apparently he was trying to make body contact on Barzal, and Barzal did one of those, like, reverse hit things. I watched it. So, I got the Bleacher Report notification that said Kucherov exits early after trying to hit Barzal. Watched the hit. Doesn't really look like much. And then the guys on the NBC broadcast show a different play where Kucherov gets cross-checked from behind, and it looks like that's the one that he gets injured on, but I can't tell gotcha. like which came first, because maybe that comes first, and then he keeps playing the shift and then goes hit Barzal. And so right. I can't tell, but he's only played one shift, literally, and I don't know if it was him trying to hit Barzal or him getting cross-checked. He got cross-checked in like a weird area, too, so 
I'm not sure what it what it was, but he New was York Saints. New York Saints. People yeah. were given um what's his face flack for that? Cassidy. Butch. Yeah. People were giving him flack for that, and I think, it, like, Ryan Whitney said it was, dude, that's such a nerdy thing to say. It kind and of is. <laughs> it, it is, but it was right, right? Like, okay, it was, it was right, yes, but, like, the it was kind of cringy, and here's what I'll say about that, too. I don't think mid-playoff series bashing the refs in the media is going to get you anywhere. Like, what do you I expect? I mean, it kind of worked, let's be honest. The, the, no, I, I mean, we lost the fucking series. Right, but <laughs> the next game, we got better calls, for sure. <laughs> Yeah, I, I guess so. I just, I don't know if that's a byproduct of the interview, because if I'm an NHL ref, if I'm refing those oh, games... Oh, no, if I I'm an NHL ref, I am calling every penalty on the Bruins. At right, NFC. I hear Cassidy say that the refs suck and that they're, they're the New York Saints and they don't get any calls. I'm going in the next game like, all right, like every single little minuscule like trip, hook, slash, whatever, I'm calling it. Yeah. Like I would, I would be a bias. I would have a bias, and I, and I think that it's impossible to be an NHL referee, especially with this day and age of all the comments made on social media and to the media. Where I think it's you can't impossible have an to be a referee. Bias. Like I don't understand the mindset of a person who says, "I want to be a professional referee." Well, like, I don't understand who, that you can't have at least some bias, which they do. Right, but like, who wants? to go out there and have this power over people, but know that no matter what you do, someone is going to say you're wrong and tons of people aren't going to respect what you do. Yeah. Right. Like, like why would you want to do? And I get that. Like, like NBA referees get like half a mil. Like it's insane. How much actually make, but like, I just don't understand why you would want to do that. I mean, you just show up to an arena full of 19,000 people every single night and just get berated. Like, yeah. like, why would you want to do that? I don't understand. I agree. It is kind of a weird when you think about the benefits. I mean, it's a full of love of the game. Like, I think it'd be cool. If you're a good one, then it'd be like real cool. Because like, like uh, Wes McCauley. Like I think everybody. Likes yeah. I love Wes McCauley. Fan favorite. So, He's like the NHL referee. So that's yeah. like fine if you're a good one and like you play it up and like he actually makes good good calls too aside from like right. his like presence on the on the ice and you know the videos you see of him like making the calls or whatever I think he actually is a is a pretty solid referee and he, he calls a pretty tight game which I like I always appreciate refs that call a tight game I think back to my uh, to my mini hockey days when I used to referee um, part time. And I, I used to always call a tight game, you know, it was always a tight game. Uh, I didn't let shit slide. I, you know, I was, I was very aware of the stick work. Um, a lot of slashing calls, a lot of hooking calls. Um, and I, and I did catch my fair share of flack for some of the calls that I made, but I wouldn't trade it in for anything in the world. That, that time that I spent <laughs> with the, uh, with the knee hockey association of Marblehead. Uh, Love it. some of the best years of my life were spent down in this basement and in others. So, yeah, that's all I'll say about I understand what it's like to be a referee in in high-pressure situations. Speaking of high-pressure situations, let's let's talk about the DMs in in, in the Instagram this week. Oh, baby. All right. So I should preface this whole thing with... Vis-a-vis the following. 
the the next half hour or so or however long we decide to spend on this, first of all, it's not necessarily quote unquote in character for us to record an episode like this. We have one of these once in a blue moon when some like outlandish shit happens that we think would be good content and that like we bring these people along on a journey with us, you all of you, the listeners that we think would be good to share with you. So very rarely do we kind of steer away from the sports conversation and have a, an episode that highlights something that's going on in our personal lives. And I said on the episode kind of jokingly, like far be it from any of us to get personal on this podcast. Um, but, you know, you, you kind of have to understand that this podcast is our lives. Like, we're not just like some rinky-dink operation with like two monthly listeners on Spotify, just like you and I, like listening to the episodes that we record on here, talking with no one listening to us. Like we pull numbers on Spotify. We have 5,000 Instagram followers. We have like, we do numbers on TikTok, like a hundred thousand plus people are watching our videos on TikTok. And then we get like five to 10 K listeners on Spotify on episodes. Um, and a lot of that, is thanks to like some of the people who help us market as well, like my dad um, and his LinkedIn page. But, <laughs> but people listen to these episodes and, and they come back and like, you know, we've created like this kind of, it's our lives. We, we, we highlight our lives on this podcast. So when we kind of do episodes like this, you know, it's like our, it's our lives. You guys kind of deserve to, to hear about this stuff just as much as we deserve to be like experiencing it in our own lives. We like to bring it to the podcast. So and just to interject quickly, like, I feel like it makes it better when people are hearing about what goes on with us as people, right? Like, I don't, yeah. I don't want us to be, and I don't think you want us to be either just like this podcast where people are like, Oh my God, these are two untouchable people. Now granted, like, it's not like we have some massive following, right? Like obviously 5,000 is a lot of people and five to 10,000 on episodes, you know, a lot, but like, it's not like we're, you know, barstool sports and we have millions right. of people following us. But like, I feel like a lot of the times with, you know, podcasts that get that big and with content of any sort, like people look at it and they're like, man, that's just like someone that I watched through a screen. No, we don't want to be that. Right. We want to be yeah. people that people, you know, know and feel like they get to have a sense of who we are as human beings, as opposed to just as being two talking heads on a podcast. Right. That's a great point too. And that's kind of always been my goal with like when I started TBR, when Carp and I started TBR back in January of 2019 was we wanted to, to not just, you know, be like these guys who like hammer sports talk and whatever. And like, you just hear our voices and that's it. Like, that's why I like that. We do the wiffle ball. That's why I like that. We, we did these streams. We did the pickums. We post on TikTok. We have these other like segments away from the podcast that make us more like people get to see us outside of, of you and I just sitting here and talking for like an hour, two hours, whatever, listening to our voices. And the other thing too, is like, you know, I feel like, it, a lot of people who have been listening to this podcast for a while are kind of an equal part of, you know, what goes on away from the podcast because we kind of, we kind of bring that to TBR. Like my, my life centers around TBR for sure. Like when I'm not actually recording a podcast or, or playing in a wiffle ball game, like I'm, we're editing, you know, we're, we're, we're marketing or whatever. It's just like, it's just kind of taken over in a lot of senses. And I feel like we have as people who are, you know, hosting a podcast with, you know, thousands, tens of thousands of people listening on any given night, on any given episode, we have an obligation to not just like fake whatever we're doing and kind of and try and silence the noise of what's going on outside the podcast. And like we have an obligation to like to kind of talk about it and we can. And the other thing, too, is like I feel like 
I've earned this episode in every single right. Like, I have every right to record this episode and to talk about what I'm going to talk about. I think through a lot of bullshit, I've kept my mouth shut for a while. Um, and, and I'm not coming on here to, like, you know, you know, expose details or dox anybody. That's not what I'm trying to do. But, you know, when you, when, when you do things like this and you put yourself in this position with people like us knowing that we have this platform – you're kind of asking for it in a sense that we're going to fucking talk about you if you like, if you involve yourself with us. But I feel like, you know, I've, we have earned the right to record an episode like this, especially because, you know, like we, Michael and I created up all night to kind of do that side of it. The more like personal, like, right. Uh, kind of offbeat, just kind of hashing it out podcast versus like, this is like the, the flagship show. It's car likes to say, <laughs> um, <laughs> flagship morning show (laughs) good times um yeah but like this is this is the flagship show the booth review podcast is where is like the set is the hub for where everything tbr lies well this is really the only podcast we do anymore right it is right yeah up all night died well it didn't die michael and i've been talking about bringing it back but i don't know i might just bring lynchy over to the review permanently and whatever this is just the most consistent podcast this is the podcast that has Throughout the two years of TBR has never gone away. The one aspect of TBR that has just been there the entire time is just the right. review podcast. So what we started as is just a podcast, and then, you know, we grow, and we're going to continue to grow. I'm getting way too off topic right here. What I mean to say is, like, you know, I feel like we've earned the right to do this episode, especially because we fucking mentioned it on the last episode, and now it's like a thing. Right. Um, so here's how all of this comes about. All right, let's, let's get into it. Um... Go back and listen to episode 75 if you are not, like, fully tapped in. I don't want to go through the whole story again of how this comes about. But we're talking about the fake account. Uh, You know, sometimes on podcasts when we mention things like this and it kind of becomes like a running thing, it takes on a life of its own, and I feel like this has already done that. Um, A lot of people liked the segment. A lot of people didn't like the segment. Uh, It was brief, but we did mention the fake account that was DMing me. Um, I posted it on TikTok and that's kind of where it got a lot of its buzz from. Um, so we're at Wiffle Ball the other night. We're playing our game, whatever. Um, the night before. So we released that. actually said we record on Sunday, I think. Right. Because Wiffle was on Monday. So, right. Yeah. 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 We did not record on Monday. Yeah. It was, it was one of the days of the weekend. Um, so I put the clips out on TikTok or whatever. Um, and so that the fake account, heard it obviously and reached back right. out to me and you know was like trying to you know, was playing the game again whatever just like fucking with me or whatever i'm not going to go through like the details of what was said back and forth because it wasn't much again i i'm just playing this game i'm not like serious about this uh i'm not like going back and forth like i was talking to tarmi about it and he was like why are you like he was like why are you like feeding into it and he was like why do you keep like harping on it i'm like well i'm not I haven't reached out to this account once, but when you slide into my DMs with this shit, please don't expect me to just, like, leave you on open or leave you on red or whatever. Like, I'm going to play your game because I think it's fun. And that's what I did, and that's what I've been doing. So they heard the episode, I think. I don't know if they listened to the episode or just saw the clip on TikTok, but they were basically trying to convince me that it wasn't who I, quote, thought it was. Um, And immediately off the bat, I was like, my comeback to that would be, well, then how the fuck did you find the episode? I didn't market this episode. I didn't promote it on social media. 
Um, the only way you would have found out about this episode was if you followed our TikTok or followed our Instagram or listened to our podcast on a regular basis, which is what I said you did on the last episode. So I was a thousand percent right in that sense. You don't just find my fucking podcast and like listen to it, whatever. So I was a thousand percent right. Um, and come to find out that this morning, come to find out through my detective skills that I was a million percent right on who I thought it was. And I, that, that notion just continues to get firmed up for me as this shit keeps going on. So here we are. Um, it's, what is it tonight? It's 9.47 on a Wednesday night. When did this shit start? June 15th? June 15th. Eight days ago? Been a minute. Oh, it's been more than a week. Okay. Um, well, because keep in so, mind, too, that we didn't talk about it on the podcast until days right. after it had happened. Days had passed, right, yeah. Um, so, to be honest with all of you, I don't really know, like, what to say, and I was thinking about what I should say, and and and, and I really don't know, because I've never really been in this situation before, and a lot of it is, too, is, like, is personal stuff that I have to keep confidential that I can't talk about, Um but not like I can't talk about, like no one's telling me not to talk about it, but just for myself, I feel like it'd be better if we didn't mention some of the stuff on this podcast. Um, but just go back and listen to episodes prior and whatever, and kind of weave your way to it. I'm sure you can get to the point where I'm at now just by listening to our podcast. Um, so let's just, let's just break it down first. Seth. Um, so they reached out after listening to the episode um, here's, here's another thing too, is what, like, I know, you know how Instagram has that like active now thing or whatever. Yeah. It's got that like green light. Yeah. So I'm not, a, I've never been a big fan of that because I don't, I don't, first of all, I don't think it's any of like my business to know if people are active on Instagram and you know, vice versa. I don't think it's other people's business to know if I'm active on Instagram. I'm not a guy who like checks that or like checks the snap map. Cause like, you know, I have my location turned off on Snapchat. I don't like, I don't care. Like, I know a lot of people do. Like, I'll be sitting with someone here and be like, oh, let's see who's active on the Snap map. I don't really care for that shit. Um, I assume that people are just on their phones at, at different times of the day on different apps. So I don't care if you're active now. If you're active seven hours ago, I, I don't care. Um, but the reason I say this is because in when you're in the DM section of Instagram, it tells you. So if someone's active, it gives you, like, that green shit, and it says active now under their name. So it's kind of hard to, like, not see it. So I'm not going there looking for it. But um, this fake account that was made, uh, obviously I've said why. I know that it's a fake account. It has zero followers. Uh, it's a obviously bullshit username and, like, very vague actual name that, like, anybody could have. Um, and no profile picture, just a little gray man. So it's fake, obviously. This isn't, like, someone's personal Instagram account that they, like, use and are active on. So when the account originally DMs me, it was like, like we said, eight days ago, it was June 15th. Um, and then I hadn't heard anything from that account since yet. The conversation hadn't really ended. I think it ended with like, go fuck yourself on their part. And I gave them the thumbs up. So that's kind of like the gist of how it ended that night. And, and I hadn't heard anything since. So I was like, all right, nice. Finally, that was, that was fun. Let's go talk about it on a podcast and, you know, go our separate ways. Let bygones be bygones. Um, so Sunday night, I'm DMing with um, the guy who, by the way, quick little plug. I just need to shout out like TBR's design team. They get they get shit for attention, partially our fault. 
Um, but we don't, <laughs> we don't really talk about Well, I mean, we share, them. like, if we share a graphic, yeah. they get tagged, right? Right. So. Yeah, we'll give them, like, tags and everything, and we'll, and we'll give them, like, mentions in the, uh, in the comment section. But I really, like, I can't speak enough volumes about all the help that they've done. It's about, like, five to six different graphic designers that I basically compiled during quarantine last year, knowing that we were going to get to this point in, in, you know, the company's history. Uh, where we couldn't really rely on our Photoshop skills anymore. Like, like a lot of people know that like we are the ones who are editing stuff and like we are recording, obviously we're the talents, we're the on-screen people, but a lot of people don't know that like not everything is us. Um, so a lot of the logos, like the new podcast logo, we have a new podcast logo, the new podcast logo. Like I could never do that in a million years. It's just, I'm not talented enough. I know the very, minimum on photoshop that you need to know the very basics on photoshop that you need to know but i'm not talented enough to do that i've always been a big believer of like if you know how to do it do it yourself so i and i know that i don't know how to do this knowing how hard photoshop is just from knowing the basics so that's how i can really appreciate their work like i edit the wiffle ball videos myself on final cut and i know that i can do that myself so like i understand like the difficulties of that but to go even further, someone on Photoshop who's doing things that like I don't even like I can't even fathom and they do it in such like short time and short notice. It's just I appreciate it so much. And so first of all, just a quick plug for the design team. Like shout out to you, OFC, R2W, like those two do the OFC especially does like the heavy lifting for us. So any type of graphic you see in a wiffle ball video, in a TBR tour video, on Instagram, any sort of graphic, it was created by OFC. It was created in a template form so that we could go back and edit it at any time. So literally just carries the weight for our, for like the graphics of TBR. So shout out to him. Shout out to R2W too. He's done some sick logos for us. So I was talking to R2W in DMs. That's how we, that's how I communicate with the TBR design teams through Instagram DMs. So I was DMing him about the new podcast logo. We were going back and forth about what we think it should look like. He gives his input on what he thinks would be a good color scheme and, and font and this and that and everything. So, um, I was in my DMs talking to him and all of a sudden I see like the second to last person I DM'd was the fake account. Uh, I don't DM many people on Instagram, not like not really my uh, main form of communication. And I saw the little green dot on it and I was like, oh, I haven't heard from this account in a minute. I'm assuming that, you know, the person running the fake account has heard the podcast and is going to give me some shit right now. And I was a thousand percent right. So they DM me and they're like, they use some strong language, so I'm not going to repeat it on this podcast, but he goes, listening to your blank, blank, blank podcast. Um, and then he goes, you think you won, question mark, with a bunch of laughing emojis. First of all, yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> million percent. I, I don't know how you can look at the situation and, and think that I'm losing. Um, I'm, I'm living in this kid's head rent-free. And that's how I know I've won. I am living in this kid's head rent-free. He cannot get enough of me right now. Literally. The fact that you have to keep coming to... The fact that you even had to create a fake account to DM me and that you didn't have the stones to just reach out to me on your personal account yourself. You had to, you had to put that mask in front of it just so you could talk shit to me. It's like I've already won. I already know that I'm winning at that point. The fact that you had to create a fucking fake account. How pathetic is that?
the fact that you had to create a fake account just to talk shit to me. Just st- like, what do you think I would care? I don't care if you if you come at me with your personal account. I'd have more respect for you if you did. What are we in fifth grade? You're creating a fake account with a fake username just so you can talk shit about me. How about this? Just just pass a fucking note next time. Just write a little note with, you know, anonymous admirer or whatever. Instead of fucking creating a fake account like you're 10 years old. Actually come and talk to me like a fucking man. That's the first thing I'd say. So that's how I know I'm winning. This kid can't get enough of me. He keeps talking about me, whatever. Like just, I'm on everybody's mind right now, literally. And it's the greatest fucking feeling in the world. Um, so he said, you think you won. And I didn't even respond. I just asked him if he liked it. And and if he said no, I wasn't going to be like, oh, I'm sorry you didn't like it. It was more just like, oh, man, like someone didn't like the podcast. Like that's a that's a down vote on our, on Spotify. Like, we can't be having that. We got to we got to turn a profits. <laughs> so I asked him if he liked it. I just wanted to get his like feedback because, you know, I, I appreciate all of our fans feedback. And I know this kid's a fucking fan. Um, so he said he, he called me a bitch and then said that it wasn't who I thought it was. And then I just and then I went back to the OKs. I was like, OK, cool. Uh, and then he said, who the fuck makes a podcast? What do you think I said to that, Seth? If, well, if it was but me, remember I would that say... You're, remember that you're talking to fucking Wiseacre Brendan Willett. Yeah, I was going to say, like, if it was me, I would respond, well, I would. Boom. There it is. That's what I said. <laughs> he goes, who the fuck makes a podcast? I was like, well, I did. Um, <laughs> and it's going pretty well, thanks. I know you're a listener, too, so... I appreciate it. Um, and then this is this is where shit, it didn't get to me because, like I said, it's hard to break me. Um, but this is where I, like, think it crossed the line or, like, something struck a nerve with me was, and I'm not going to say what he said, but it was a very personal detail about myself that I think only at the time of me, at the time of the comment being made, I said something, not, like, anything bad, but... Um, you know, thinking about like life decisions and like future, whatever, like what path I was gonna I was gonna go down. Um, again, it's not like as deep as I'm saying as it sounds. I just can't really like say out well, outright what it was. Um, really, only two people knew, and one of those people were was me. So the fact that this fake account knew told me that someone was sharing this private information with other people. So that really fucking got to me. So when they said that, I didn't break in the conversation. Um, I still just kept doing, like, my whatever, like, okay, like, bro, like, sick, whatever. And I was winning. And their English just got worse and worse. So I, I gave him an A-plus for English as well at the end. And I think that was, like, a nice, like, final jab that I got in there. But... um yeah, I don't even I don't even know what to say. So first of all, I've won, um, and I know that after they hear this episode, there's going to, there's, there's probably going to be more. Um, and I will just say this: I just think it's so soft. I think it's really soft, like very soft. The fact that you cared so much about fucking with me that you had to go create a fake Instagram account slide into my DMs with the hopes that I would respond, and then when I did, and then when I beat you at your own game, come back to me to try and get even further under my skin and have it not work, it's so, it's it's fourth grade to me. It, it is. It's so immature. Um, but I'll say this, too. The apple doesn't fall far from the tree. 
in the sense that I shouldn't be surprised that this person is being so fucking elementary about this uh, and choosing this approach to try and fuck with me. I really shouldn't be so surprised. Consider the source. I really shouldn't be surprised, and you shouldn't be either. Um, I don't think any of us at TBR should be. Uh, and then a few other things. I would be ashamed of myself if any of you tried to pull this shit. Whether it's you, Cart, Michael, Ferulo, Tarmi, Brownie, whoever it is who's associated with TBR or who isn't associated with TBR, I would be embarrassed to my core if any of you pulled this shit. Literally, I would think so little of myself as a human being if I found out that one of my friends was actually doing this to somebody else. I would, I would literally be like, I would be shook. Like, I would be ashamed. I would be humiliated. I would be devastated. It's so pathetic that we even have to talk about this, that it's even come to this point. But again, listen, I'm the one with the platform, buddy, and you're not. You know? Like, <laughs> you're just not. So when you come at me like this, first of all, you're coming at all of us. You're not just coming at me. We all have our fucking backs here at TBR. Uh, so I would just, like... <laughs> Be careful what you wish for, because this is like, you know, you're asking for it at this point. You're asking for literally what is happening right now to be happening right now. Um, it's it's pathetic. It's I, I can't even like I'm kind of speechless about it. And I'm trying to stumble my way through, like just calling out how dumb this bullshit is. It's pathetic to me. It's honestly so pathetic that 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 someone with half a brain actually like did this and actually like came came at me in the way that they did. Zero gall, zero stones, zero courage, zero heart. Um, it's so pathetic. It's so childish. It's so middle school. It's so elementary. It's it, it is so. It just it just it tells you the kind of people that we're dealing with right now. It really does. And um, I don't know. That's just my initial two cents on it. I don't want to get too far down the rabbit hole in it because we could go all day and we still have to be confidential about some of this shit. But. Um, but, yeah, I've said it once, I've said it a million times. Fuck Pictionary. Yeah, I man. Pictionary is just that game. Awful game. <laughs> I will never play Pictionary again ever in my life. I don't even know if I've ever played. Again, I'm not seven. So, <laughs> you know you know where I get my fun from, Seth, is betting on sports. Not yes. sitting around and playing Pictionary or Monopoly or, you know. Whatever. Not, you know, drawing <laughs> other men. Right, I don't actually know. <laughs> that's true. That's the other thing. Why would if I was playing Pictionary, never in a million years would I choose some random person who I've never met to draw, unless they, of course they were a celebrity, which in some sense I am. Um, but we're not like <laughs> we're not like that big. And here's the thing too. Like, no, I mean, like at least five saw, people asked like, me to take a picture with them today. It's not that much. <laughs> You know, I don't want people to take this the wrong way of like, oh, we should not approach these people in, in, in public or like be fans. Of them. No, like if you s somehow recognize either one of us in public, <laughs> no fucking like, photos, please. Get that <laughs> like, shit come out up of and here. say hi. Like that'd be crazy. Like that'd be insane. It's happened to me before. That's that's nuts. That's like absolutely nuts. At like the, it'd be once at the grocery store. Um, I was in Boston not too long ago. Um, and I saw a car driving with a TBR sticker, and it wasn't my car. It wasn't my parents' car, so I thought that was pretty dope. And we're sold out. Uh, not that this is relevant at all, but we're sold out of TBR tank tops on the <laughs> website. So someone's buying. 
Random people <laughs> just buying the TBR tank top. And early on in TBR's career, when I went to London, a fan recognized me. <laughs> That's crazy. That was you right to, at like, the beginning. Sox Yankees uh, in London. Someone came up to me after the game and said that they follow TBR Sports on Instagram and they recognize my my face. I don't re- I don't even remember what it was. It was an American. They were from Boston. It wasn't like That's a British awesome. guy. And that would be crazy if it was. If that would be. Guy. That'd be friggin' insane. We're but like no, mad I mean, for it. The, yep, Sox game just hit the over. Fuck with me. All right. Yeah. Anyways. I mean, you know, with the amount of people that do listen to this, you know, if anyone somehow recognizes any of us, like, feel free to come say hi. Like, we're not, we're not terrifying people. I mean, I'm a large no. human being, but like, no. And I'm I tall. was flattered at first when someone drew me in TBR, and I mean, drew me in Pictionary and labeled it with the letters TBR. I was very flattered, and you know, obviously, right. Little, but there's, there's a, yeah, you know, right. a level of it that goes to obsession and you know, and inappropriate obsession. That's and, where you know, at. that's I have a stalker. Basically, yeah. I mean, there's two things I'll say about it. First off, buddy, you know us. You've seen both of us in person. Say that to Brendan's face while I'm around and see what happens. All right. So like, I'll just I'll just interject real quick before you go to your second point. It's a common theme in my mind that things should be said face to face. Yes. Just saying. Anyway. Yeah. Continue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's so many levels to that. There's so many levels. Yeah, and, 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 and I'll actually, and I'll play off of that. Yeah. You know, say things in person, especially when, you know, perhaps you've known a person for a fair bit of time, very personally. Um, and, um, you know, if you had known someone for a fair bit of time personally, maybe if they, you know, tried to reach out to you, you should respond and be polite and, you know, kind of, give a light into what's going on in your head. Shout out to the one person that helped out in this whole situation. Shout out to that one person that I don't know that I've never met. You're awesome. Um, thank you for, you know, confirming in the detective skills of Brendan Willett. Oh, but okay. yeah, yes. Thank you to that person. You're a G, but yeah, screw Pictionary, screw Pictionary guy. Um, I don't want to see you in public. You are the one person that I really don't want to come up and say, hey, I'm a fan of DBR. No. And I'll say this, too. It, it, we could sound like real fucking petty right now, whatever, like, oh, they're recording a podcast and blowing this way out of proportion, whatever. We're not even recording this episode if any of this is handled in the right way, which it just wasn't. That DM never gets, even if the DM gets sent, that sh- like, like there, there are people who could have prevented it from getting to this point that weren't us. I tried to I tried to take the high road. I feel like that's all I've been fucking doing lately is just taking the high road. But I'm sick of it. I'm fed up with it. When you when you when you cross that line and you start coming at me personally, and and, and you, it's for no reason at all either. Like like I can understand right. if I was like a bad guy or whatever. If I was like a dick, but I don't think I am. I think I'm a pretty decent person. And I think I've and I think I've been a pretty decent person this whole time throughout this whole DM bullshit. I've taken the high road. I could have I could have spazzed and just went and just gone off, but I didn't. I kept my I kept my mentality and my emotions in check because that's the kind of person who I am. I don't try to bother myself with this shit, but when you keep pounding and pounding and pounding and pounding, you know, eventually you're just gonna get to the core where you're gonna you're gonna strike a certain nerve and then something like this happens. This could have been easily prevented. Like I said, Seth, I'll use this analogy. If it were me, you would any of you 
if if you ever tried to pull shit like this with somebody else, I would a shut that shit down immediately myself personally. B reach out myself personally to apologize on your behalf, and C see to it that you personally own up to what you did and apologize in person eye to eye for this childish bullshit that you just tried to pull that's what i would do what i wouldn't do is is allow you to go on and on and on and hide behind a fucking screen and just throw shit at the wall and see what sticks like go ahead play the big shot play whatever you want to do we all know the truth at the end of the day it's just it's bullshit like you want to be five years old about it go ahead uh, I've I'm seen right through this shit the whole time and I'm done with it. Lydia. I'm honestly done with it. But like I said, if it were me, I would have never let it got to this point. I'd be embarrassed if, if let's just say that it was you, Seth. And I know that you would never, ever. I know that none of my friends would ever do any shit like this. I know for a fact that we would never do any shit like this because everyone now from TBR, because that is like our friends, knows about this and is just sees like I do just how dumb this whole thing is. So let's just say it was you if you were the one who created a fake account and started harassing people and trying to get under their get it under this person's skin or whatever i would be so embarrassed to have known you i would be ashamed of myself for not handling the situation better and getting it under control so that it wouldn't have gotten to the point where you had to create a fake account and dm me Let's say I'd missed that opportunity and that you did go ahead and create a, a fake account and DM somebody. I, like I said, would immediately personally see to it that that account gets shut down, that you go on your main account and apologize, that I go on ma- my main account and apologize, and that we arrange a time for you to in-person apologize because, A, it's such an inconvenience, B, it fucks with someone's mind, and C, it's just so toxic to be doing this. There's so much better things that all of us could be doing with our lives than this right now. But this is where we are. So we have to deal with it, and we're going to deal with it, and, and, and whatever. I'm, I'm saying this matter is put to bed now. We're not going to talk about it ever again. Everyone knows my feelings about it. I think I'm making my feelings perfectly clear on this podcast right now, what I think should have happened, what didn't happen, and why this is happening as a result of what didn't happen. But like I say all the time, Seth, trust in timing. You know? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that was a lot of, like, whatever. Ah, fuck, the Mets scored another run. That's just great. (laughs) All right, guys, I lost my parlay. (laughs) Well, you didn't lose yet. You just pushed. I pushed my parlay, so I can't win. Yes. Anyway, um, but yeah, I I, I really, I will, I will. But uh, do you have anything else to to add? (laughs) No. I mean, I hope you guys are enjoying this uh, NBA. I hope some of you are watching the Hawks and the Bucks right now. It's an 88-85 game in the third quarter, and Trey Young has 37 points, and he's hit four of nine threes. So he's absolutely balling out, and I hope you enjoy watching that. I hope you're enjoying the Lightning game, two to one. Sports are good right now. Yeah, and I'd love to talk sports on this episode, but you know it's ten o'clock at night, and I feel like this was a good, just little, like quick, like yeah. Some of right, us have need to, to get this out. Eight a.m. tomorrow. Yeah, and they do not know that I am not some of us. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I'll I'll put the bookend on this whole episode and say that that we just needed to get that out there. We have this platform. When you come at the platform and you come at the heads of the platform, expect repercussions. I'm putting this matter to bed. 
whatever. I'm sure that it probably won't be, but but that's the that it, this is the extent of us talking about it on this podcast or on any podcast. It's done with. This needed. This was something that I needed to get off my chest. I feel like we are a thousand percent well within our rights to record an episode like this after all the bullshit that's gone on. And um, yeah, but let's let bygones be bygones. That's it. Don't DM me anymore. Yeah, absolutely. And if you have anything more to say, my DMs are open at Seth Holman twenty two on Instagram. Come at me. Because I'm not going to be as nice as Will it has been. Yeah, uh, totally. Um, and you know, just to, just to kind of throw the uh, the the you know last words in there to quote Teddy Roosevelt, I think that this kind of sums up what TBR is in a perfect way. Speak softly and carry a big stick. That's that's what I think that TBR is. Teddy Roosevelt was talking about the U.S. military when he said that quote, obviously, so not as not as large of a scale. But I do think that the same premise applies where I think that, you know, we're very nice, reasonable people. But when you cross that line and you fuck with us, we all have each other's backs. And that's what I've appreciated about TBR is time and time again, even if we have internal conflict, We've always, at the end of the day, been there for each other. And that's why, like, I appreciate, like, Carp till the day I die is no matter what he, you know, he and I have a very, like, big brother, little brother relationship where we kind of go at it sometimes. We trade jazz, but at the, at the end of the day, it's all love. And, like, he, he, you know, far and away is just, like, one of the closest people I know. And no matter what's going on between us, we could always just send a text and be like, can we just, like, I need to, like, talk to you. And we'll drop whatever it is. And we'll drop whatever beef we had or we'll drop whatever we're doing and like we'll be there for each other. And I feel like that's always been, you know, the uh, the mindset of TBR is we're always there for each other. When Michael was going through some like similar shit, like we were there for him. Um, and, and, you know, obviously this isn't this is something that's very out of the ordinary to happen. So I don't envision anything like this happening again. But. You know, I just appreciate that we all have each other's backs, and uh, and that's the the mindset of TBR. It's, it's all of us. It's one. It's a it's a family. It's not just the people who work, you know, for TBR and on the podcast. It's the listeners too. It's the community. It's everybody who follows us. You know, like if you're gonna come at one, you're coming at like all ten thousand of us. So like, be ready because this is what happens. For sure. Oof, I got chills. <laughs> it was good. I like that. Yeah, <laughs> it's good. Yeah. But, uh, but that's it. Um, we'll go back to sports episodes from now on. Um, once I edit Wiffle, we will talk Wiffle. Heated fucking series. Very. Yeah, it, got, it was weird. It was very amicable at the beginning. And then well, I, I love how you said that at the beginning, too. Like I, I, I did, yeah. I dapped all you guys up. I was like, hey, like, let's have a good series. And you're like, I think this will be more amicable than the Diamondbacks and Mets one. And I was and, and and I didn't think anything of it at the time, but I didn't really think anything of it in game either. I knew that we were John back and forth, like all of us, and that there were some, you know, like contra not controversial calls, but like close calls that, you know, we got kind of passionate about at times. But right. I went back and I I and um I have to obviously I have to watch the footage to edit in. Like it was intense. I'll say this too, for fucking Cam Brown. I edit the videos. If you talk shit about me behind the camera, <laughs> I can hear it when I'm editing the video a couple oh, days later, God. you dumb shit. 
So fucking talk more shit about me, Brownie, behind the camera. I can hear you. <laughs> like, consider the source. I'm the one who edits the videos. You think that wasn't going to get back to me? Please. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is what happens when you get six guys on a playing field of any kind that are all ridiculously competitive and are trying to just win. Like, it's just, it was bound to happen, but it's also, like, we were talking to each other that night. Like, it didn't matter. (laughs) After the series, where it's, like, we were in the parking lot talking to each other. It's all good. Like, emotions were born. And it's happened before. The the, the series ended. Nobody said a word until we got back to the car and had cleaned up. Yeah, I'd say that's, I I wouldn't say it's my fault, because actually, I was a hot, I feel like I I loved, okay, so I ended the last game. I I, I I guess we can that the uh, we can spoil skin disagrees (laughs) we can we can spoil the third game because it'll be out in a few days anyway the Padres lost game three I'm not going to talk about what happened in games one and two but the Padres lost game three um and I was pitching when we lost and I kicked over the uh the bucket of balls basically with with brunt force I didn't even notice that to be honest I was too busy running around the bases did I just combine two words Brute force, blunt force? I think you meant brute. Yeah, brute? I think you meant brute. brute force. Whatever, I kicked the thing over wicked hard, and <laughs> the balls went flying all over the place, and it was kind of dead silent after we lost the game. But then we went out to the parking lot, we packed the car, and then we just started chopping it up again. That's how it is. Same same kind of premise. We're always there for each other. <laughs> yeah. We're no, it, was, it was a great series. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I uh, There were a couple of moments where it got way too close. And yeah. I was like, why Why is this game this close? Like, we should have swept, let's be honest. Like, it's just not... Eh. Eh. It was bad. We could, uh, I could also argue that we should have... Okay, fine, fuck it. We're talking about it too much. If you made it this far in the episode, you get the treat of knowing what happened. Yes. The Mets took two games out of the series. We won the second game. Um, I could we also gave argue... gave five runs. <laughs> like it was I could so also bad. argue that we should have won game one, though. Not because of any calls, but because we were that close. Like, we, it, that game could have went either way. Right. It was three to two, and we lost because Ferullo had a fucking bad series, man. He, I was was a, he had an awful day. Dude, he, he, like, he, when, when we had one out in the bottom of the third in game two... And right. he made that first out. He, like, lost his shit. He did. <laughs> and I was like, you guys are screwed. You're totally out of this. And our just kitchen just walked away. Fun. He, like, started walking away. And, like, he was like, cr- I thought I didn't know what was going on. But we had to finish the game. And then he came back. And we started to rally. And we won the game 6-5. But we could also, like, I could also make the argument that, like, all right, if X, Y, and Z happens in game one, we win. Uh, I think game three, you guys dominated in every aspect of the game. Like, it wasn't close. Like, I know we lost on the fucking on a home run, but, like, that game, had I not given up the home run and had we gone up to bat, I can't guarantee we would have tied the game anyway. Right. So that game I would give to you guys, like, nine times out of ten. And then I'd say game two and game one were interchangeable. Could have gone your way, could have gone our way. So my thing with game one is I felt like, just because with Brownie on the mound, you guys weren't hitting off of him, so I felt like yeah. we were pretty in control. I mean, we, I think we were up three to one going into the bottom of the, or top of the you third, were, yeah. and, and gave up a run. But with the, the thing with game two that bothered me was we gave up that winning run, and Brownie looks at me and he goes, oh, my bad, I thought we had another one. And I was like, no, dude, we were tied at that point. Like, the dude, I feel like Brownie's been hustling us. He goes from the fucking guy who was a base runner on first base last year and called for the ball 
to leading the league in home runs in ERA this season. After I fucking I, okay, it wasn't a trade because of your you know like you joined you and Ferulo came and joined my team at the end of last year, and then when you guys were going to go back to the Mets, we had to restructure everybody. So Brownie ends up going over to your team with you. It wasn't necessarily a trade. But I think we're marketing it as such. But I didn't like I wasn't like, all right, fuck you, Brownie, you're traded to the Mets. It was more like, all right, we don't have enough guys. So, like, you kind of have to go and play for him. Right. And, you know, my, my thing, like, he's played on real. I just feel like he's a space cadet 90 percent of the time. Like, dude just doesn't understand 90 percent of the rules. He doesn't know 90 percent of the situations that he's in. Like, I feel like and it's so weird because he's a goalie. Right. Like, I feel like goalies yeah. cerebrally always know the situation that they're in. Like, they always know exactly how... Like, I feel like if you asked him three weeks after a game and had had, like, two or three games in between, he could tell you exactly what goal he gave up from where on what type of shot and, like, when in the period it was. Like... Yeah, maybe. Just because, like, you remember that stuff, right? You remember when you give it up. And just, he's out here playing wiffle ball. Like, granted, obviously it's wiffle ball. But, like, we're there to take it seriously. We're there to win. Right? And he just completely forgets what the situation is like we were up five nothing and then we gave up three runs and i went up to um to jackson who was on the mound and i was like yo you got two more hitters in you and he goes <laughs> yeah that's probably fair and so he goes out there and he walks two straight guys or gives up two or whatever it was right just didn't get him out and i was like we literally needed one and so i put brownie on the mound because he was pitching well and then he was a head case and so we can't you know whatever Ferulo was doing he just couldn't yeah. get around that and so he was like purposely hitting guys and then he just hit like four guys and lost his the game I was bothered by like like I don't I don't I don't you know demand that people show up and like take this shit as seriously as like you know the rest of us but because at the end of the day I'm just happy to have the numbers that we have but you know, like he was kind of like dicking around, and, was, and the thing that bothered me so much was that he was dicking around, but he was also like playing really well. So that yeah. got under my skin. I was like, he's like, he was like fucking around, like saying all this shit. He was, it was kind of funny. He was standing up at bat at one point, and I think it was like to start the third game, or maybe it was in the second game. I was on the mound. I was on the mound at, in all three games at one point because right. my other two couldn't fucking pitch. Um, and he's standing there, he's swinging the bat, and he's going. Bing! Like in his practice swing, nuke. That was pissing me <laughs> off. No, but I fucking when he did it one time, I struck him out, and I have a right. video of it. I sent it to Lynch. Brownie's standing there, and you guys are talking about like who's going to be on the mound. You can hear you. You're like it's probably going to be Willett, right? And Brownie goes, "It's all good. I'll just hit a bomb off him right here and send the team morale down here." And then he goes, "Bing, bing, bing," and then I fucking strike him out. And he, he like, swings and misses at it, and it hits the metal, like, perfectly. And Furl and I both go, bing! It's, like, shit like that that, like, yeah. I'm seeing it now that I'm editing, and I'm like, this is a fucking fun series to watch. Right. And he, But he kept on calling his shot, too. Like He was calling was his shot. Few, I saw that. It was one of the few times editing. where it didn't, he didn't call it. And then every yeah. other time that he called it, it was crazy. Like, I think game one, he didn't. Like every single time he tried to call a shot, he failed. Like he was like, "Here, yeah. it doesn't matter. I'll just get him out on this next bit." And then he just like threw it ten feet out of the strike zone, right? Yeah. And then all of a sudden, games two and three, it was just like, "Oh yeah, no, it's fine. I'll just hit one out here and just hit a new." Yeah. I threw at him at one time because he was pissing me off, and I missed, and I wish I domed him in the side of the cheek. 
But um, yeah, I mean, we're, good, good we're series. playing well. I just, I would be, you know, I'm worried that at some point we're not going to be able to hit home runs and we're not going to score. Because I feel like 90% of the runs we get in have been home runs. Now, granted, I was doing a Yeah, but you guys game. are hitting well. Like, that's the thing is, like, I don't I don't slow pitch. I don't fast pitch either. But, like, right. but I thought I was putting them. I actually thought my pitching was, was pretty well, and I was putting them in good areas. And if you go back and watch the Diamondback series, I, I could say the same for Cusolito. I think he's putting the ball in, like, pretty good areas. You guys are getting around on the ball pretty well. well and I don't think you'll have trouble with the Yankees either. He was throwing hanging curveballs every time. And so you knew exactly where the ball was going to be. And that's why, like, the the photo, the video that I've watched way too many times that I put up on my Instagram story of me hitting that home run, just the absolute bomb. Yeah. That, I knew where that pitch was going to be because he was just throwing these lollipop curveballs that were starting up here. And I was like, screw it. If it's going to start up there, I'm just going to hit it because I knew where it was going to be and when. And so I was like, I don't care if this is even going to drop in the strike zone. So I just teed off on it. And that was yeah. part of the, you know, there was one at bat with Perulo on where the first at bat he threw a fast, like a fastball that went straight into the dirt that Brownie swung over the top of, right? Then he threw a fastball with movement up and away that I think Brownie took the pitch. And then he threw a curveball and that dropped in the zone. You know, and I think Brownie ended up getting out. And I don't know if you actually said it, but it sounded to me like you had said to him, all right, just do the same thing. Yeah. And then I step up there and he throws a fastball in the dirt and then a fast one with movement away. And I'm like, oh, so here comes the curveball. And I fouled it off. I was yeah, like, you gotta be kidding me. So you're right that I did say do the same thing, but and you and I talked about this. The conversation was, Farula was upset with Brownie because Brownie was crowding the plate, and I, I'll give it to him. He, Brownie was crowding the plate like big time. Um, yeah, I couldn't. And like, see I, it, so and, I'll have to. Look and I genuinely think he doesn't know either, right? Because he's never like played baseball yeah. before in his right. life. So a lot of people who don't play baseball like just stand wicked close to the plate because they think like you have to stand on the plate. So I'm not. I don't. I didn't think he was doing it on purpose. I just and I genuinely just think he didn't like know like he was like standing in front of the strike zone. But Farula was getting really upset with it. Like, even when I was pitching, Frullo a couple times was like, Brownie, get off the fucking plate. Like, he was up, Frullo was like, I don't know, like, and he was upset. <laughs> and granted, I, you know, we all were kind of, like, pissed off. We have shit going on. I've got this fake account bullshit on, you know, on my mind and all that, that that's tied with it. So, you know, I wasn't in the best frame of mind. But he was getting upset. And so, what did Brownie hit a home run, right? That's, well, not in that first at-bat, I don't think. I don't remember. Yeah, the the, the at-bat that I said, do the same thing. Did he hit a home run or did he strike No, we, you said, I was up when you said do the same thing. So right, I was, I was up, Brownie was up before you, right? Yeah, he might have hit a home run. I don't, I, I feel like he got out and that's why he, he might have, he like might he have, have said out. do the same thing. Or walked, because I, because I can't remember what Ferullo did. He didn't, yeah. I don't think he got him out when he was in, but anyway. Ferullo turned to me and said, he's crowding the plate. And I said, just do the same thing. Meaning like, well, if, well, if they're going to do it, then, then let's do it. Right. too. I didn't, I, I don't watch the pitches that like Ferullo throws. I don't know. So I don't know his different like pitches or whatever. Like I know my different pitches. I only have a few, but I don't know like what's, what's in Ferullo's bag. So I didn't know that he was like changing his pitches up or had like a, a pattern going, but he just turned to me and said like, he's crowding the plate. And I said, well, let's just do the same thing then. Like I was trying to calm him down. Cause he was like already like thinking ahead in his, 
his mind, like, fuck, we're going to lose, and Browning's crowding the plate, and that's the reason why. I was like, relax, just throw your pitches. Like, when we get up to bat, like, let's just, like, you know, let's hover over the plate a little bit and, like, give, give him a taste of his own medicine. But, yeah, no, I had no idea that he was, like, had a pattern of pitches going at all. I'm not well-versed in that area. Yeah, no, it was, it was, it was ridiculous. Like, I was paying attention to, it was funny, because it was one of those weird things where, like, you know how sometimes you just think of something, and you're like, oh, I should pay attention to this one thing, and then all of a sudden it comes in handy? Yeah. Like, I was, <laughs> I was thinking when Brownie went up, I was like, all right, I should pay attention to what his pitches are and what his order is. And so I was literally counting the pitches, and I was like, okay, so the first pitch you went fastball down and then you know that fast one and then the curveball and whatever after that right yeah and so when i came up and he threw the fastball down and i was sitting on it too because i knew that he wasn't gonna get in the strike zone so i was like all right i'll just sit on this and i'll watch the first pitch and sure enough he spikes it in the ground i was like okay and then he threw the fast one that went away i was like all right so i know what's coming next and i was so mad at myself that i just didn't hit a nuke because my yeah. only home run that day was just this dinky line drive off you in the first game like, it yeah. literally got over the fence by, like, that. That's the other thing, too, is, like, if I don't throw, if I don't give up that home run, that's a two, two to two game. So, like, right. every game, right. that's also the game, not much. I like, I was going to, either way, I was going to be on base no matter what after that. Yeah. And so, some, like, someone inevitably would have hit me in just that's the way right. that we were hitting guys. Yeah. Um, There's a million different, like, what ifs that could happen. All in all, is it, first of all, I think it's probably the most competitive series that we've had so far, like, in terms of from a. I just like that we're. You know, in in total, I feel like every series is having hits and runs. Yeah. Whereas last year, and, and it's not like like we. Of course, there were a lot of runs that got walked in, especially in game two. But like, I feel like for the most part, runs are coming from hits and home runs, as opposed to just standing around and you know walking in a million runs. Because when like last year, the first series the Mets win or we either swept or went two and one two because and one. we literally just stood there and let you guys pitch. Yeah. And it just went all over the place. And there was no reason. I think, I think two is stuff. we've just like, I think it, it, it comes with having just a better like production setup. Like I think last year we didn't really know what to expect. It was a rinky dink. Like we had at one point, like a boat tow rope in the outfield to like mark off where the wall would have been. Like, cause we didn't have enough fencing Granted, we just got enough fencing like for this series, but still, like I think it's just comes like I think we were all it was just kind of like thrown together last year. Right. It's it's a it's a lot. It's running a lot smoother this year. I think that kind of being allowed to be hands off on the production, you know, aspect of it at the games helps because then you can just focus on playing. You don't have to worry about like all right, like let's let's make sure like this is going right or this is going right. And I think we're just better too. Like the home run leader at the end of last year had five and we've already surpassed that. We surpassed that in the first series, literally. Cause I think last year, like no one knew how to hit the strike zone. A lot, right. There were a lot of walks, a lot of hit by pitches. I feel like in our first series last year, we, there were like three hits. I think Tarmi had two yeah. home runs. I had a home run. And then I think, like you and Ferrillo had a had a couple like doubles or like I know at one point you I, had, like, so a, I RBI walked double. off the game on a single where I just sprinted through and barely like yeah. I I just hit I hit some dinky ground ball on the right side but that I literally didn't make an out in the first series not yeah. one I either walked or somehow got a crappy hit in every yeah. single at bat that series, it was ridiculous. Yeah, and I just I just feel like that it just it's not as fun to watch at that too. Like like 
obviously I edit the video, so by the time I put them out, I already know what they look like. But like I have right. fun watching them myself. Like I go back like a week later and I'll watch the series again because it's yeah. Fun no, I, I I've watched all of the series. Like well, I mean, granted, I did play by play for the Yankees one, but I've yeah. watched every single series. Even and I even. With the Yankees one, I watched that once you put it up on YouTube. Then I watched Matt's Diamondbacks once we put it up on YouTube. I, I'll probably yeah. end up watching this one once yeah. we put it up. Like, we're in them, so, like, we know what to expect, but it's still fun to just, like, watch them. I, and I think it's it's literally a product of just these games being better. And I think that the mercy rule definitely helps, too. The inning yes. caps help, too, because it, it's not like it's unfair to the point where it's like, oh, we could have scored more, but it keeps the games competitive in a sense where, like, you know, I don't want anyone to ever click off of a video because they think a game's over. Like, that's my biggest, like, fear is, like, people not getting bored of it but being like, oh, the Diamondbacks won this game or, oh, the Mets won this game. Like, I'm going to click off. I like the fact that, like, like you saw in our win against you guys, literally our only win this year, we were down 5 nothing in the bottom of the third, and we came back and won the game, And which is why I think that, like, it's keeping these rules that we have set in place and like the way that we're doing this and like our level of competitiveness and our level of talent that we're bringing all of it wrapped together. It's just, it's making these games entertaining. And I think that we're only three series in right now. We have diamondbacks Yankees this weekend. And then we're just going to like, as it gets later and later and closer to playoffs and like we keep fucking rolling. I think this is going to be like an epic segment that TBR has done great, like summer thing. A lot of people are already on board with watching him and liking the posts on Instagram, just everything that we're doing. I'm just excited about it. I think that it's got it's got some juice behind it. Love it. Love to see it. Yeah. All right. But uh, that's all I've got. Again, if if you didn't like this episode, I'm sorry. Um, sorry, not sorry kind of thing. Like, I feel like this was, right. this was definitely necessary. Um, and we'll be back to sports from now on, hopefully. But uh, that's all I've got. So, uh Episode 76, it was what it was, and uh, it is what it is. And we'll see you all next time. Thank you so, so much for rocking with us. Love you all to death. Goodbye. Whoa, very important and very pretentious. When I look back, I might be mad.